our guest speaker today. His name is Aginus Vonderplanitz. Now, Aginus is a well-renowned nutritional lecturer, consultant speaker, and somebody who promotes the raw diet. He's actually also authored a book called We Want to Live the Primal Diet. It's a book that I read myself. It's a groundbreaking story on how he's healed himself from tumors, cancers, and diabetes. And I'm It's a real honor for him to join us all the way from California to talk about his journey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jana. Thanks for having me. That's okay. How are you? Are you having a good day today? A very good day. Thank you. Fantastic. It's still early in the day here. Oh, great. And the weather is uh, pretty good. It's sunshiny today in a clear sky. Oh, that's fantastic then. So, Arjunas, you've been on uh, the most amazing journey of your life, haven't you? I mean, your book, We Want to Live, The Primal Diet, talks about the journey of how you healed your son, Jeff, from life-threatening diseases. He had an automobile accident. And the journey really started from there because you yourself have been through a traumatic time battling different illnesses and cancers. So tell us more about that. Well, the the book starts with my uh, getting a call from my mother. My son at the time was 22 years old and damaged one-fifth of his brain and was in a coma and was going to die any minute. Um, and so I flew back there, and I tell the story of how I reversed my diseases, including autism, cancer of the blood, bone, stomach, and lymph, uh, all four cancers, diabetes, uh, juvenile diabetes, and psoriasis and angina pectoris, which were all supposedly incurable. And so the doctors uh, told you that these diseases were incurable and that there were no cures for them at all? Correct. And, of course, you know, I didn't know any better. I was autistic until I was 22. So when I went through all, I developed an ulcer at 19. And uh, for the treatment of that, uh, it formed a tumor. My body formed a tumor next to the ulcer. And then they treated the ulcer with uh, surgery. That metastasized to um, to cancer of the stomach and all the way to the skin. So they irradiated that. I had 10 weeks of irradiation therapy for that. That cauterized my spine, made me an invalid. I could not sit or walk. I had to lie on the floor. I couldn't be on a bed or a couch. It had to be on a hard surface. And I was only allowed to use my arms and elbows to crawl around like a worm on the floor. And it also gave me blood and bone cancer, the radiation therapy. So then they gave me chemotherapy, and then that gave me the the, uh, lymphoma. So every treatment from the medical profession made me worse. That is absolutely shocking. Uh, a African-American boy, 18-year-old boy, that was a volunteer at the hospice, uh, encouraged me to drink raw carrot juice and raw milk. Now, I was autistic still at this time. A tetanus shot at 18 months old went to my uh, communication center and caused autism in me. Well, after uh, about 12 days of drinking the carrot juice and raw carrot juice and raw milk, my brain center that had been damaged 
for uh, you know that uh, tw- 21 years all of a sudden opened up so i was uh, finally able to understand language and communication of course i had no vocabulary and i was mr malaprop because i had all these ideas of what uh, because i didn't i didn't understand language i had sound bites for words so it was like a musical repeat of sounds that I had my own meanings about, that I had my idea of what they meant. But I learned that many of the ideas of what I had uh, decided what things meant had nothing to do with the true word, meaning of the words. So it was quite a journey to do that. I mean, it's a and fascinating story. This is a groundbreaking journey that you've been on. It's an, it's a true story. It's an epic story, and it's something very, very inspirational because, you know, this is a hospital radio station. Some of our listeners, uh, I'm sure, uh, know somebody who's going through cancers or know somebody who has a tumor or, indeed, um, is suffering something themselves. So this is something very, very inspirational because you're giving hope to hundreds and thousands of people across the world and, you know, really sharing your story that they there is hope out there if you've been um, deemed as incurable if you've been deemed as there is nothing out there this is really another way forward so you're opening people's eyes in a way because you have been there yourself and that's where the difference is in all of this so what what exactly did you do what remedies did you take what did you eat to heal yourself well at first I had the carrot juice and raw milk I couldn't eat anything else because when the, I had all that radiation therapy, it deteriorated all the bone around my teeth. So my teeth were like, you know, uh, shock absorbers. They had no bone to stabilize them. So they would just move in and out of the gum and bleed. So I was getting one to two transfusions a week. So I had to liquefy all of my food and drink it through straws very gently. Um, so I ate mainly liquefied things, and of course before the young man turned me on to um, raw milk and raw carriages, I was having, you know, Sprite blended with donuts and things like that, the regular garbage diet. Um, and then when he turned me on to the carriages and raw milk, it changed my thinking it changed my brain it changed my way of functioning of course it didn't heal all that because it takes good solid proteins to heal the body so it was a very very long journey before i even got to the raw meat now i believed you know after experimenting with the raw foods different raw foods mainly raw dairy um, uh, and raw eggs up until uh, you know about 1976 when I uh, finally ate raw meat and that was the greatest change in my life and we're on a you know you're you're, you're broadcasting from a hospital so um, you know the medical profession is run by the pharmaceutical community and the pharmaceutical industry writes all the medical books and manuals. And they don't want people to be healed or well. So it's all about being on medication, multiple medications. So I'm very surprised you have me on this station, Jane. Thank you. Well, this is something 
that's very different, very controversial. And I think it's amazing to bring somebody with your wealth of experience and knowledge to actually try and put your point forwards as well, because not everyone is right all the time, and it's good to get a different point of view. So even though we are broadcasting in the hospital, we are also broadcasting all over the world. So our listenership could be anywhere from America to India. So... Yes, we are a hospital radio station, but we broadcast all over the world, which is why I was very interested in your work, the journey that you've been on, because I found it a groundbreaking true story, especially because you've been there yourself. You have there's so many people, this health market, this industry that we that we live in is saturated with diet books, fad stories, um, and all sorts of things with people claiming that this is what you need to do to, to heal yourself. This is what you need to do to cure cancer. But I found your story truly in inspirational because you yourself have been there yourself yes and uh, when people hear me say raw milk and raw meat they immediately uh, are aware of all the propaganda in the media about the dangers of raw milk and the dangers of raw meat there's nothing farther from the truth there's no danger in raw milk. There's no danger in eating raw meat. Uh, tribes have been doing it all over the world for ages, up until uh, you know the late 1800s, 1890s. Uh, pasteurization was unheard of, and millions of people and millions of people were living all over the world uh, drinking raw milk. They still do in India. They still do in Africa. And we do a lot in America. There are probably 10 million raw milk drinkers daily. And they say, well, to the sick and infirm uh, and, and young uh, infants are in danger of bacterial poisoning from milk. And it is a farce. I was a worm on the floor, sick with four cancers and other three other incurable diseases, and the milk made me recover. And I have seen literally over 20,000 people recover from serious illnesses that the doctors said they would be in grave danger of parasitical bacterial food poisoning from raw milk and raw meats recover. I have never seen anybody die from it or get sick from it. Okay, so that was really interesting. So what you're saying is that raw milk is actually good for you. So unpasteurized, whether that's cow's milk or goat's milk, is full of nutrients. And that the fallacy that we hear so far that pasteurized is really the way forwards. What you're saying is that unpasteurized raw milk is much better for you. Correct. Well, it has all the enzymes and vitamins. At a mere 141 degrees, um, uh, you know, Fahrenheit, which is about 50 degrees centigrade, at that low of temperature, you destroy 50, you cauterize 50% of the calcium alone. You destroy all the vitamin A, you, just, you alter all the vitamin D, you alter all the uh, B vitamins in it. Um, if if the if raw milk were dangerous, the princes and the king and queen of England wouldn't be drinking their own raw milk That's very from their true. own cow. How did you get into raw meat then? Well, I was uh, you know I turned into a fruitarian. I stopped drinking raw dairy and eating raw dairy and eggs because I wanted to be a true raw food 
fruitarian, thinking that that was the ultimate and ideal way. But it didn't take into uh, you know effect that the human body is only designed to have five percent carbohydrate in the body, uh, without forming a lot of advanced glycation end products that store in the body for a lifetime. Those advanced glycation end products cause a myriad diseases, uh, and it collects in there and breaks down the body, causes it to age twice as fast. And I started to, I went back into blood and bone cancer again. So I was traveling by bicycle uh, for about two and a half years, living off the land, living with different Indian tribes, trying to find the answer, but in a closed-minded way, in that I wanted to be a raw food, food fruitarian, vegetarian, uh, even vegan. So um, it didn't work by the time I had finished my, or I'd come to that point of two and a half years of um, living uh, off the land, off of my bicycle, uh, eating, you know, fruits off the, the trees and the bushes and, and vines. Uh, I was down to 113 pounds. I had gotten all the way down to 96 pounds, but then I started eating seven to 10 avocados a day to help me regain the weight. So I got to up to 113 pounds. But I went back into blood and bone cancer, was very weak. Uh, every bone in my body ached. If the temperature, you know, got below, uh, you know, 28 degrees centigrade, I was freezing and uh, aching in every joint. So I was, I just wanted to die. I didn't want to go through it anymore. And uh, I remembered an uncle telling my um uh, cousins and brothers when they were going rabbit hunting that if they killed a wild rabbit they had to cook it until it was brown inside because a wild rabbit has an organism that a microbe that will take over the intestinal tract in a human and kill them violently and very very painfully excruciatingly painfully and I thought well I've been through you know years and years of excruciating pain I can take two days easily so um, I was in the desert and uh, these coyotes had killed a, uh, a jackrabbit and um, I uh, got some of it uh, and uh, ate about three and a half pounds thinking it would kill me and what it did was it gave me more life than I'd ever had before and I went three days with this charge of energy, pain reduced by 60%. That's unbelievable. So then I'd be eating meat every day, almost every day, uh, at least three days a week. And then by 1980, that was 1976, September of 76. By uh, December of 82, I began eating meat daily, even twice daily. And that even made a bigger difference. So that's when I began healing more rapidly, was when I started eating raw meat. And Italians eat raw meat, you know, they're 
uh, carpaccio, uh, the French with their steak tartars, although Germans eat most steak tartare in the world. And you have kibbe, which is raw lamb uh, that's eaten, uh, uh, you know, all over the world. You have all of these raw meat dishes that are eaten all over the world. And if it were a problem, all these people would be dead and cultures would be gone. Absolutely. And I think- so would people. I think I think you're this is something very very interesting because at the minute like you said the myth really is is that things like raw meat raw dairy raw eggs are bad for you because the fear is of e coli or disease or bacteria but you are somebody that's got living proof of the fact that by eating raw meat raw milk raw cheeses raw eggs you're basically saying that there is no disease and it's all a myth, really, and that the way forward is saying, raw. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's no disease. I'm saying that those good raw foods, as long as there's no industrial chemical involved in the production of it, you know, they don't put chlorine in it or they don't put, you know, some kind of dye in it. They don't put uh, some kind of antibacterial into the milk and on the meat. Uh, there will be no problem. But when you put industrial chemicals in anything, you create disease. The body is not designed to handle and make use of industrial chemicals. And our food is now is subjected to 60,000 industrial chemicals. Got that? 60,000 industrial chemicals that did not exist 100 years ago. That's a huge figure. We had very little disease 100 years ago. Sure, we didn't have as long a life um, on the whole because we didn't have central air and um, air conditioning and heating. People went through dastardly cold times and hot times. Now we're shielded from all that with the heat and, uh, and air conditioning. Take, for example, when there was a blackout in New York City during the winter and upstate New York. How many people died in 24 hours? 238 people died. Wow. In 24 hours from being from freezing to death. Not being really the temperature wasn't freezing. It was down to about uh you know just uh maybe 5 degrees centigrade. But they still froze. These people died of, of hypothermia. Yes. And then in the heat spells that we've had uh, without the air conditioning when we haven't had uh, electricity, uh, also, I think it was 406 people died during a three-day heat spell without electricity on the east coast of America. Yeah, that's very true. That's very, very true, so, I think. So disease exists, but it, does, it exists because of industrial chemicals, not because of bacteria. Again, that's another common myth that people associate with different foods, and they feel that by actually cooking the meat or by um, heating up the milk, you're killing that, that bacteria. But really the truth is is that some of that bacteria is actually good for your system. It's good for your gut and actually helps you. Yes, it does. There are janitorial bacteria, but there are a few, such as salmonella. Before, you remember the years, well, you don't remember. I'm 65, but I know you don't remember. 
But years, uh, you know, 100 years ago, even uh, before my time, uh, they used to take a bath in June. They never took baths from, uh, let's say, late September all the way to June because it was too cold. People could die if they took baths. It took the fat off of their cells, off of their skin, and they could freeze to death very easily, just in one night. So nobody took baths uh, unless they were of the um, elitist group uh, or royalty. Of course, they took baths, but they had fireplaces and all of that all the time. Their bedrooms were heated with either hot rocks or coal or wood. Somewhere they they had their heat processes so they could afford to take baths. When we don't take baths, salmonella is our main cleanser, our janitor. It eats the dead skin, dead cells off of our skin. If you take a swab of your nose, your nostril, you will find millions and millions of salmonella in your nostrils, in your ears, in your eyes. Those are janitorial bacteria. We need them. So those we are don't the, need as many now in the skin because we take baths. So those are the and good bacteria. Those the are the cells off. We can wash the dead cells off instead of them having to be um, eaten off by salmonella. And all of your E. coli is, is E. coli that is part of the intestinal bacteria that feeds your brain and nervous system. E. coli is responsible for breaking down, for consuming the pre-digested fats and proteins and breaking them down into the finite molecule to feed the brain and the nervous system. So E. coli is very, very important in the human system, in any animal body. Okay, so what you're saying is that this bacteria is actually good for you and it really does set the foundation for good health in the future. So things like E. coli, which are being promoted as unhealthy, bad, and something that needs to die, actually does play an essential part of maintaining good health in the body. Correct. And you have... Uh, intestinal parasites that can help you get well that are janitors. Let's say you uh, eat something heavily contaminated with an industrial chemical. Let's say like um, you've had a, an accident and got a lot of kerosene during a, a food processing. Uh, let's say like a natural vitamin, all natural vitamins uh, when they derive a nutrient to condense into a supplement, they have to take the substance that they're going to extract from which they're going to extract it and dissolve it. If it's an unnatural vitamin or supplement, they will use gasoline, like hexane. If it's a natural one, they'll use a kerosene derivative. So they're using kerosene to dissolve like food, and then they will extract out of that the so-called nutrient. Now, when you soak a food uh, in, in kerosene for 22 hours, 22 to 72 hours, that kerosene gets into everything. It etches into the, even the 
element that you want, whether it's a protein, amino acid, a vitamin like vitamin D, no matter what it is, when it's extracted from that dissolved food, you have kerosene predominating in all of it. And then they wash it for only two minutes at most. That doesn't wash anything out of it. It has penetrated those that tissue of the element you want or the nutrients you want. So then when they make it into a supplement, on top of that, compress it into a pill, there are more industrial chemicals involved. There are 60,000 chemicals involved in processing food. When somebody tells you there's a natural supplement, it is a complete lie. Now, most of the, the people who are manufacturing these don't know it because they've never been into their laboratory. The laboratory wants the work, so they say, oh, yes, we can make a vitamin naturally like that. But that person who's asking to have a supplement made for their company has no idea they're going to use the only two things that are available are kerosene and gasoline to dissolve and make those supplements. So what you're saying... So what you're saying, uh, Aginus, is that all supplements really that have been marketed as completely natural vitamins and minerals are not completely natural simply because they have been uh, heavily processed um, using kerosene and gasoline, which are extremely poisonous and toxic for the body. Yes. Well, the government has warped the, the word natural. Kerosene is natural. Gasoline is not. But would you drink acid? Would you drink kerosene, even though it's natural? No, no. Of wouldn't. course not. It would kill you instantly if you drank, let's say, an ounce of it and didn't vomit it. It could literally kill you in about an hour. So, even though some things may be identified as natural, they're not too truly. Everything natural is good for you and kerosene certainly isn't. Volcanic a lava is is natural, but you wouldn't drink that. Good and you point. wouldn't eat it. You know, you would you would damage yourself severely. There are things that are natural or not conducive to health of any animal. And of course kerosene is not. Any chemical that's used in the food has detrimental effects long-term as it is collective. Okay, so what you're saying really is is that really be wary of of any supplements. Um, if you are currently taking any supplements, whether you're in hospital or you're listening from home or you're listening from wherever you are all over the world, be wary of any supplements that you take because the truth really is, as Aginos has said to us, is that all supplements that have been heavily processed, that have been marketed as natural, aren't always good for you, especially because they've all been processed using kerosene and gasoline. So really the answer is not supplements. The answer really is eating raw, a raw food diet consisting of raw meats and raw dairy. And raw eggs. And, and some eggs. raw fruit, a little bit of raw fruit, and a little bit of raw vegetable juice. That's basically my primal diet. And how long have you been um, eating the primal diet? Well, it took me many, many years to develop it and perfect it to where it could reverse 95% of all diseases. Um, 
So I've been eating my version uh, of or my, let's say, polished version of the primal diet for about 20 years. Wow. It's unbelievable. And, you know, as somebody who is a nutritional counselor, you've helped people from all over the world with all many different illnesses and diseases and things like that. And you have so many testimonials of people telling you how amazing your raw primal diet is. So it's really fascinating work that you have mastered something because you personally have been through this experience yourself and know really what works and what doesn't work. Yes. Um, I know that a lot of people hear you saying uh, or heard you say that so many testimonials, and you've read them. That's why you know. And you can go to wewanttolive.com. We want and live are spelled out instead of we want in the T-O, the we want to live. It, instead of T-O, it's the numeral two. So we is spelled out, live is spelled out, the numeral two, then live is spelled out, dot com. And they can also go to primaldiet.com and read all the thousands of testimonials. Absolutely. I think your work is groundbreaking, impressive, and something that really has the edge. And it's got a lot of people talking because it's not an everyday subject you hear about people eating raw meat. So it's something fascinating. So if you are interested in learning more about Aginus's work, I would highly, highly recommend you read his book we want to live the primal diet so it's in his autobiography and his book actually has two parts so part one is the actual story and part two is the health side of things where you actually understand your health and how when you actually have a disease or you're suffering from an illness how you can actually cure that using raw meats raw dairy and raw eggs so it really is a very comprehensive book and it's available on amazon i'd highly recommend it because it's a fantastic read um, Aginus, you've also got a workshop coming up in Helsinki. Yes, uh, I will be doing a workshop, uh, several workshops and lectures uh, at a convention, a health convention in, um, in Helsinki. And then I will also go to another uh, city in uh, Finland and do a lecture and see patients there. Uh, so I'll be there about 12 days. If anyone's interested in seeing me uh, in Finland, uh, go to wewanttolive.com and uh, look up my schedule there and see who to contact in, uh, in Finland to uh, get a consult or come to a lecture if you would like to do that. Fantastic. It's much closer to you than uh, the, to UK than coming to uh, California, that's for sure. Absolutely. I think the dates you mentioned in Finland are the 5th to the 8th of July. So if you are interested in having a one-on-one... -on -one well, yeah, that's one convention, the 5th to the 8th. But I'll be doing other lectures there and seeing patients all the way through to this, I think it's this, the uh, 17th. 17th of July, okay. Yes. So the dates in Helsinki, though, are the 5th to the 8th of July. So if you are interested in having a one-on-one -on -one consultation with Aginus, it really is a great opportunity, and I actually might take 
that offer up myself because I'm very keen on improving my health and my fitness and if you are interested too or if you know somebody who has an illness or a disease or if you are yourself very interested in improving your mental physical well-being and really want to know what it is to get that extra edge to feel vital again then I'd highly recommend that you read his book do a bit of research and if you can get yourself over to Helsinki it will be an opportunity not to miss um, so thank you so much um, Ajna for joining us today on WHO. It has been a real pleasure. Um, it's been very interesting, and I hope our listenership have been um, have been awakened. <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you, Jana, very much.